0: The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram from Galileo Capital is with us this evening. Warren is a personal financial advisor. He's an executive director at Galileo Capital. And it's such a lovely question that you're posing for us this evening, Warren. And it's this idea of if you've got your own business and your own business needs not only your time, your energy, but it also needs capital, um, any money that you earn to pour back into the business, to grow your business, which hopefully one day... Becomes your biggest asset. Um, that do you really need an investment portfolio? And how then, if you do, do you manage both
1: demands? It's a big one. You're right, and it's a, it's such a, a classic question from entrepreneurs. Whenever I speak to them about investing, you know, they'll say uh, if they're at the early stage of the business's life that they they simply have no other money. Uh, to allocate to anything except their business and and if they could get more money to allocate to their business they would do that um, and and as the business grows and and let's say it becomes more successful then then you you find their level of confidence changes and they start to say well you know i'm growing my business at 25 or 30 percent a year and and it's something i control uh I, you know i have i have a, a huge say in how my business will unfold and how my capital will grow why on earth would i Invested, for example, in the stock market, which might only give you know ten or twelve percent a year, and and could lose me twenty five percent a year, and I can't control any of that. You know, are you crazy? Why on earth would I want to do that? Let me stay in my business and and control my destiny. And and I think it's a great question. I think it's uh, you, you know it's not uh, it's not to say that sort of you know one one shoe fits all sizes, but but I do think. Uh, th- that that we've seen in in real time, unfortunately, in the last you know year and a half or so, that uh, you, you know great businesses with fantastic entrepreneurs can be hit by something like a, p- a pandemic, or you know in future a completely different economic shock, uh, and and suddenly you know a fabulous business becomes you know survival mode or closes its doors, and and if that's a the situation, th- then you know, it's not just about generating capital growth, uh, you know, at the best rate possible, if you're an entrepreneur, it's about saying, how do I manage risk? You know, how, how do I start to spread the risk away from my business so, so that I, I keep my business and I keep getting good capital growth, but I find other assets that, you know, that can protect me against inflation, can pre- protect me against economic shocks, potentially in other countries, as an example. and And if not other countries, definitely other industries so that if something does happen to to my business i'm i've got capital away from my company that's completely unrelated and, and i think that's the, the the purest reason i can give entrepreneurs uh, to 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 build up capital outside of their their businesses is it's actually just a way of managing risk you know and at some point especially successful entrepreneurs start to realize that you know their biggest asset being their business could also be the biggest risk to their financial position and it's such an interesting one because I wonder how many people attempt it if they're
0: successful at both. They've got a business growing very, very nicely. Perhaps the business is outstripping the returns that they're getting um, in their investment portfolios because they're good at running their business. They look at this investment portfolio, which is now this nice little nest egg, and they think, if I could inject that. 5 million or 10 million or whatever it might be into my business. And I compare the growth rate I've achieved over the last 10 years versus what my stock market portfolio has has generated, then I can make some real money. And that temptation must
1: be very, very real as well. Uh, absolutely. And and especially that sort of horse race that you're talking about, where where you know they, they start to track their, their their business against their portfolio. And and you, you know, always, you, you know, I, I would say that a well-run uh, b- business with a great entrepreneur should outperform uh, a, a stock market investment. That that makes all the sense in the world to me because the risks are, are the entrepreneur is taking is is much higher than uh, you know w- w- what the stock market is taking, and and therefore you know you should be paid for for higher risks with higher returns. So so you're right. It's a I mean it is a great uh, a great comparison that a lot of entrepreneurs do, um, and, and I always think you know think to myself. They, um, If you ask them the other question, well, you know, why don't you start a business unrelated to yours, just just to do something completely different to mitigate risk, uh, then you start to see their eyes going a bit bigger and, and, and they become potentially a bit more fearful because, you know, they're saying, well, hang on, that's, you know, that, that's not something I know well and that's not something I, I can commit time to and, and effort and, and the like. And then they start to see, you know, potentially the benefit of saying, well, okay, hang on, uh, you, you know, potentially, uh, you know, let, let me put it uh, in, a, in a in a share portfolio that, you know, that's either in an index or a unit trust, or it's managed away from from my business and potentially away from the, the effort that I've got to put in as an entrepreneur, uh, and and hopefully it's spread across lots of companies, so so that I do spread those risks, but. Time and again, you, you, you know, especially um, when their businesses are growing really rapidly, the, the, it's 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 a really tough conversation to say to them. You know, it's time to start sort of setting money aside away from your business because it's you know it's almost like you're you're insulting all their children. You know, they, they they just can't think of anything worse. So how then do you balance what is required?
0: Because your your business needs capital. You need a safety net just in case it does all go pear-shaped because, hey, look, anything is possible. Um, You know, you may get sick. You may, you know, I don't know, not uh, become incapacitated, not be able to run your business. And without you in that business, you haven't put the systems that Pablo told you to put in place. And and therefore, it gets run into the ground for argument's sake. There is no backstop. There is no safety net uh,
1: anywhere. I think the, the answer is probably, um, you know, maybe there are three phases to a business's life. You know, in, in the startup phase, uh, you know, let's not even pretend to try and convince an entrepreneur to do anything other than uh, back themselves and, and get their business going. Because, you know, starting up a company and accessing capital is incredibly hard. And there's just no, no, no way that you can convince uh, an entrepreneur in that stage to, to move money away from their business and I, and I think it makes all the sense to me that you, you know you give it the best chance to get going. Uh, so, so it's probably once the business has gone through the startup phase and, and survival mode to to sort of the next step where I would be saying to, to entrepreneurs you know potentially just take kind of pay yourself uh, you know almost a salary that, that includes a saving element and and use that saving element to start even if it's just on a monthly basis with cash flow that 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 starts to build up away from from your business altogether and very importantly that that you choose investments that are completely uncorrelated with your company so you know so for example if you you know i, I mean to use a really simple example if you've got a uh, you know something related to the mining industry that you know th- then make sure that when you when you have investments that you invest in, in things that are completely unrelated in any way to, to the mining industry. So that if something happens to the whole sector, that, that it doesn't take you down with your, in theory, diversified investments. And, and so that becomes one way to start to, to start convincing entrepreneurs to do something, and especially if it's a small amount of money uh, on, on a monthly basis that gradually increases, that sort of pain point is is not as big as, as as saying to someone, look, you know, I need to take out hundreds or you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of rands out of your business to to build up a portfolio, but but really interestingly, it's um, when you talk to entrepreneurs in later stages of their business's life, you know, especially when the entrepreneurs are in their late 40s, early 50s, they, they start to to look at this differently and they start to say, hang on, I actually do need to do something to protect, you know, protect my family, protect the assets that I've accumulated. And, and then it's, very, you know, often a case of saying, you know, if your company is very South Africa focused, then, then it's pro- probably time to start building up at least an overseas portfolio to get the currency diversification, you know, other industries that just aren't around in South Africa. And, and I think that that's probably the, the best approach I can think of for entrepreneurs. You know, early stage, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be brave enough to tell you to do anything different with your money. Keep it in your business, keep going, but then start to kind of think wider and broader and, and longer term about all the risks that you can't foresee and all the you know all the events that could happen to you. Uh, and as you said, it could be from health to you know economic to you know future pandemics. And, and realize your job becomes one of capital protection as well, not just within your business, but of your family's position and your, your own position.
0: Thank you, Warren. I think it's very thought-provoking, and I think it's, uh, it's really important for entrepreneurs, particularly as they start out. It's that little bit of money that you put aside into essentially a side hustle. relative to your hustle. In a moment, I'd like you to answer me this question. It comes from Craig. If you're a small investor, is it possible to still reinvest your dividends, especially if the transactional costs are high? I hope that makes sense. It makes complete sense, Craig. It's a very good question because everybody is starting out at some point. And when you start out, you will get a few rand in dividends from some of your best investments. And that's great. How do you deal with those dividends is what is crucial. Invest in the future you deserve by opening a Standard Bank Money Market Select Investment Account. Not only has Standard Bank lowered the minimum investment amount to 100,000 Rand, but you can now earn a higher interest rate of up to 4%. You also get immediate access to your funds. Your capital is guaranteed and you pay zero monthly management fees. So open your account today on the Standard Bank app or in one of their branches, Standard Bank. It can be Standard Bank is an authorized financial services and registered credit provider T&C apply. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Dividends are beautiful things. Uh, The dividend puppy calls them money babies. And it's what every investor aims for, uh, Warren, is capital growth. In other words, you buy something for one rand, you hope it goes to 100 one day. But you also hope that each and every single year you get in, you know, you get a few cents and then a few rand. And hopefully by the time the share gets to 100, you're getting proportionately
1: huge amounts of dividend flow coming out of that investment. Absolutely. And, and I think, uh, you, you know, for, for people to understand, when you invest in the stock market over a long period of time, the, the reinvestment of dividends accounts for about half the growth that you get from the whole stock market, uh, you know, over, let's say, a decade. And so if you're not earning those dividends, you, you know, that, that's a huge compromise to, to your growth. So, so it's a critical point, and you know, if I look at Craig's question, it, it you know even more critical for for smaller investors to find ways to to not just strip those dividends out and spend them, but to to, to actually accumulate back into their, their their portfolios so that they get that compounding effect of the you know the money babies making even more money babies as time goes on. Because the, so
0: the, the, the value of, uh, sorry, Warren, I'm, I'm going to get excited about this. Um, the value, and people talk about a 4% dividend yield. And you go, well, if I've got a thousand rand invested, um, that's not very much money at all. In fact, it's 40 rand. I mean, what's the point of, of investing that back into the stock market? If I've got 10,000 rand, well, that's 400 rand. It's, it's not very much. If I've got, got 100,000 rand, now we're talking. Now that's, um, that's a chunk of cash that's worth reinvesting. Um, people, I think, are a little bit embarrassed by little amounts of money sort of trickling into a bank account.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, that's a. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd hate, I'd, I'd hate for that to become kind of concrete in people's minds. You know, if you've got, you know, if you've got a thousand rand, and and by by putting no labour, no no day to day effort into your thousand rand, it's gone from a thousand rand to a thousand and forty because you've earned dividends. You know, that th- that's a wonderful way. To, to let let that journey start and 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 you know always to remember that your, your thousand rand might also just get some capital growth. So let's just say it grows by ten percent. You know then all of a sudden it's four percent of a thousand one hundred rand. And it, you know I know that's only be you know forty four bucks or you know whatever the deal is. But it doesn't take long before you're suddenly looking at you know a thousand four thousand five hundred bucks if you just let that money ride. And so I think it's a really critical point to understand is it's, it's about, you know, if starting small is not a big issue, it's about letting the money stay invested and, and letting it grow on itself over and over again. And that's how you get, you know, you get to the, the real wealth and you look at someone like Warren Buffett, you know, Yanni Mouton in South Africa, you, you know, a lot of them achieved their real kind of fabulous wealth only very later, you know, much later in life, somewhere on, you know, the late forties, early fifties, because they left their money to stay invested. And that's the point where it started to really kick off. So, so, so if you're in your, you know, whatever it is, your early twenties, you know, late twenties, early thirties, don't, don't be worried about or embarrassed about starting out small. Everybody started small, uh, you, you know, at some point. So i think for someone like craig you know if you if you're if you're worried about the transaction costs it's a critical point i would probably let those dividends accumulate a little bit and then buy another you know another share or another exchange traded fund you you know whatever it is that you bought so very simply you know if you bought the top 40 index um, and you know you're waiting for that to accumulate, but there's nothing wrong with letting those dividends build up a little bit. And then uh, when they get to a decent size where they can you know absorb some of those transaction costs, then you, you you kind of you reinvest again. Not ideal because you'd like to reinvest every time you know immediately after the dividends mm. paid. But, but don't worry about, uh, you know, letting it accumulate a bit. And if nothing else, you know, when those dividends come through, consider adding a little bit of extra money to those dividends. That's uh, to, the to, point.
0: To... Bulk up your dividends. You don't just have to sit and put your thousand rand in and then wait for the uh, the 40 rand to come in. Um, you know, Add 60, add 600 if you've got it, add 6,000 if you've got it. I mean, just keep contributing. Um, and as the dividends come in,
1: bulk them up with a bit of extra cash that you've got to make those transaction fees worthwhile. And and then you've got to exercise patience, you know. And I think that's the thing, you know. For a lot of people, they always talk about that first million and how long it takes to to make, and that's that's absolutely true. And, you know, if you, using your example, if you don't you know, you don't do anything to add to that thousand Rand, then, then it's going to take even longer. But every little bit that you can add to the account and add to those dividends, uh, you know, whenever you can, th- that speeds up your journey to the first million. And it's really quick from one to two million. It's just that first million is really hard. And the only way to get there is keep going, keep patient and keep adding and, and, and watch the space. It, it does happen. Do you know anybody who's written a book about that first million?
0: Uh, 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 oh, yes, Warren Ingram wrote a book. Um, he wrote them the wrong way around. I'm still adamant about this. I know you disagree. But um, he wrote a book, How to Become Your Own Financial Advisor, and the second one, How to Make Your First Million. I would read How to Make Your First Million first um, and then How to Become Your Own Financial Advisor. That would be my preference. Uh, but it, it, And you make that point so strongly in that book that, gee, like once you made that first million, then the money kind of... starts to take care of itself of course you need to keep adding to it it doesn't just miraculously turn into a hundred million um it only really grows exponentially if you keep contributing and keep harvesting the dividends and keep reinvesting those dividends but you get that power of compounding money making money out of money and
1: that's the, the the magic money tree and it's amazing to, to see, you know, the people that were profiled in that book to, to watch to, especially the people that, you know, that were, were or still are in business in, 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 th- in this pandemic time. You know, a lot of them, their businesses have been severely affected, but because they've got these portfolios outside of the business and, and they've learnt the skill of patience and letting their their, their assets compound, I'm not saying they're living through, through the, you know, the, the, the last sort of 18, 24 months, um, you know, without, without stress, but their stress is completely managed and, and you know, much more tolerable and they've got a lot more time to make long-term decisions even though their businesses might be suffering. And it's simply that skill that they've learned now is you know, patience, let the capital grow and then don't eat into the capital you know, for, for, for a whim. You, know, you, you use the capital wisely and it looks after you in the bad times and, and surely this is a definition of bad times right now. Now, um, a fabulous question for this week on a word. What is
0: alpha, other than a car that breaks down? No, anyway, um, what is alpha <laughs> when it comes to investments? Because you often have people say, "Ah, oh, no, you got to add alpha, but it's like you got to pump iron and add alpha." What's alpha?
1: So, so alpha is what uh, what all the the big fund managers sell you um, as as their promise. It, you know, it's their ability. To do better than than their stock market or their index, so so let, let's just say uh, you know someone uh, who, who manages a, a unit trust that invests in shares, the, 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 if they if the stock market is growing by ten percent a year, and their fund is growing by twelve percent a year, then they, their alpha is the two percent extra above the, the the stock market growth. So it's that you know ten plus two to get them to the twelve. Is their ability to to generate alpha, and that's that's the promise that they make, I guess, and and the, their reason for existence, because you know if, if they can't add alpha you just buy the index you know pay the fund manager nothing and and you know you're getting the return of the of the markets so so you know alpha is is the 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 ability to to do better than markets and the question that everyone's asking nowadays you know the the theme in, in asset management over the last decade or two is do fund managers add alpha do they actually have a reason to exist or are they just great marketing engines and and that's the debate that's going on you know furiously you know all around the world and and, and south africa included but alpha, when it comes, is lovely because then you feel like you are, you know, you're getting your money's worth when it comes to the fees. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not a cynic about fund managers. I think good fund managers, you know, they're, they're, they're a handful, but, but they are able to generate alpha. The, the, the difficulty is finding those good fund managers and the ones that are going to do well in the decade ahead, not the ones that have done well for the last decade. Uh, and, and so i always think you know it's it's, it's too um, too easy to say well i'll only do the one or the other i think you know there is a merit in both index investing and and finding good fund managers who can add that alpha it does exist and and the the, the thing about this is when they do add alpha they add a lot uh, and, and so that's why they, they do still have a reason to exist